And uh, boy, we're so glad that all of you are here today. Wasn't that a wonderful worship time? I tell you, God is present here. This is Pentecost Sunday, and we're just excited about what God has done and what he's doing in our presence. Can we just thank God for his presence today and let him know? Amen. All right. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that. And today we are continuing the series, Bless This Home, and uh, we'll get started on that in just a moment, but uh, let me just say to you, if you're a first-time guest with us, welcome, we're sure glad you're here, and uh, we just say welcome home, we, heard, we hope it's the first of, of the rest. I think I'm just going to start saying it that way, it's the first of the rest of your Sundays, and uh, we're just glad that you're here. If you've joined us online, thank you for joining us, we're so glad that you're with us today. Come on, Cap City, can we just let them know that they're welcome and we're glad they're here, amen? Oh, wow. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, I tell you, I've been excited about today for a couple of reasons. Number one, every Christian ought to be excited about Pentecost Sunday. And uh, you might be asking, what is Pentecost Sunday? Well, Pentecost literally means 50th. It's a a 50-day increment, and it refers to the Feast of Weeks or the Feast of Harvest, which was celebrated 50 days after Passover. Now, how many of you remember what we celebrated on Passover? Easter Sunday, right? So 50 days ago, uh, we celebrated Easter Sunday, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And for 50 days, uh, or for 40 days, he walked around the earth, and then he, de- he ascended into heaven. And on the day of Pentecost, uh, the, the, uh, the disciples were uh, in the upper room, and they were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come, whom Jesus promised on that day. And so this is not in your notes, but I just want to start out reading the scripture and act chapter 2 verse 1 through 4 and I wanted I want to just kind of revisit that moment that time that 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 instant that the church was born and uh, that uh, we began to really understand what Jesus meant when he said I'm going to send my Holy Spirit it says there in verse 1 when the day of Pentecost had fully come they were all with one accord in one place And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then then there appeared to them dividing tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. If you continue to read on, you'll see that they began to preach boldly the gospel of Jesus Christ and that people began to respond and people were literally coming from all around different, uh, different nations, different languages, and they were hearing the language in their own ear and they were responding and 3,000 people came to Jesus that day. Come on, can I get a good amen on that, huh? How many of you know it's going to be a good day at Cap City Church when, when 3,000 people come to Jesus? Amen? Amen. I want, you to, I want to just pull out a couple things out of that uh, first verse there in Acts chapter 2 because it really does bring home my, my message uh, content today. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. I'm not going to make the Honda joke, so just get, do, do it in your head. And they were all in one place. So if you want to open your Bibles, I'd like you to write this down or you can write it in your notes. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. They were in one accord. In other words, they were one mind and in one place. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit showed up. 
I believe what we see in this little verse is, is what God is looking for to show up in the church. I believe that God is looking for a people who are of one mind, of one purpose, who are united in the charge for Jesus Christ, in the charge to proclaim the gospel of Jesus to the world, that we are of one mind and one purpose, and we're going to talk a lot about that this morning, but it also says that they were in one place. There's something about getting into a room and lifting our hearts and lifting our voices and lifting our hands and lifting our praise and inviting the Holy Spirit into our presence. Amen? And the Holy Spirit responds to that so quickly. And he says, there is a people who want to hear from me. They were with one mind. They were unified. They were in one place. They were together. And today is part three of Bless This Home. And I want to talk to you about house rules. I want to talk to you what uh, some, some uh, are, are understood, some, some are things you may know, some you may not know, some of them are kind of maybe unwritten rules of conduct. But when we became a Christian, we learned very quickly that we were to build a relationship with God, that we were to love him, that we were to live for him. However, there's many times that we don't understand the difference between loving God and hating others and loving God and loving others. You, you gotta understand that, that loving God and relating to others go hand in hand. In fact, we'll look at that verse in just a little bit where Jesus said it takes both things. And we open the Bible, we find what to some may be a very disturbing thing. We find that the health and the maturity of your relationship with God is determined by the health and maturity of the relationship you have with others. It says they were in one accord, of one mind. They were unified. They were together. They believed together. Now, I've often said that uh, just because you're unified doesn't mean you agree. I, uh, one pastor put it this way. You know, it's not proper spelling, but it works for me. He says, you, unity is spelled you and I tied. You and I tied. It's not spelled A-G-R-E-E, -E, right? How many of you would just be honest, the person you're sitting beside, there's been at least one time in your lifetime, at least one time in your lifetime that you've disagreed with them. Come on, can we just get some honest people in here this morning? And the rest of you, you need to come up to the altar and repent right now because you're not telling the truth. You're just afraid of what they might think. Oh, really? You disagreed with me? When? Let's talk about that, right? So we're going to begin our journey. I'm going to share a lot of scripture with you this morning. You're going to note, notice that your, your notes there are, are kind of scripture heavy, and there's a reason for that, because I really want us to understand the importance of being together in one accord. Now, we're talking about bless this home, and so this morning is kind of a dual purpose. This morning absolutely works in our relationships at home, and it absolutely works in our relationship in the church. It absolutely works in any relationship that we have on this earth. We have got to have some house rules. Once we're a believer, once we're a Christian, we've got to understand there are things that are expected of us. So you ready to take this journey together? Let's begin in Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 and 24. It says, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar, and first go and be reconciled to your brother, then come back and offer your gift. So what is Jesus saying here? Don't talk to me until you talk to him or her. 
He's, he's just coming right down and saying, listen, your relationship with one another, to me, is just as important as your relationship with me. He's saying, and every, every parent in this room understands this, we hate it when our kids are fighting, right? It, it, it drives us crazy. We just want them to get along. Can we just all get along? Can we, all right, you go in that room, you go in that room, and you think about it till you can get along, right? And Jesus said, don't come and talk to me when you're fighting with your brother or your sister. If you have ought or you know they have ought against you, if they have something against you, leave your gift right there at the altar. Leave your prayer requests. Leave your praise all right there. Don't come to me and try to praise over it. Don't come to me and try to pray over it. Go and make it right. 1 John 2, 1, 9. Now listen, or 2, 9. We talk about 1 John 1, 9 a lot. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to cleanse us of our sins and to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Right? 1 John 2, 9 says this, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in what? Is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. But, circle that word but, because this is one of those if-then statements I was talking about a couple weeks ago. But whoever hates his brother is in darkness and walks around in darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. What's he saying? If you hate somebody, you're in darkness. You're confused. You're not going to make it. You can't separate the two. And then in John chapter 13, 34, a new command I give you, Say this with me. Love one another. Say it again. Love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. How? If you love one another. Circle that word if, another if-then statement. If you love one another, the world will know that you are my, dis my disciples. By this, they will know. Did it say, if you attend church regularly? No, no, didn't say that. Did it say, if you read your Bible a lot, then they'll know? Didn't say that. If you talk about Jesus all the time, then they'll know you're a Christian? No, it doesn't say that. It says, only if you love one another. In fact, when Jesus was in the garden on the eve of his crucifixion, he was praying for every one of us. He was praying for the church. He was praying for his disciples. And he said, Lord, this is, this, is my, uh, this is my paraphrase. Lord, the world is looking on. Would you please help them to get along so that when they see this, they will know that you are God. In other words, the greatest testimony that a believer can have, the greatest testimony that a father can have, the greatest testimony that a mother can have, a son, a daughter, a church member, a church as a whole, the greatest testimony, the greatest influence that we can have on our community and as our family is for us to just get along. Come on, just tell somebody, I love you. Would you just do that? Let's just get started on that. I love you. I love you. <laughs> I wrote this down. People will know you are a Christian by the way you treat other people. People will know you're a Christian by the way you treat other people. And then in Matthew chapter 22, verse 36, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law, 
This is probably one of the verses I talk about the most as a pastor because I believe it just boils it all down. They're trying to trick him. They're trying to get him to, 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 to come up with something that they can hold against him. But look what Jesus said. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And this is the greatest commandment, the first and greatest commandment. Then he says, and. Everyone say, and. Circle that word. And the second is what? It is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I can just imagine those guys are saying, what, and, what do you mean and? We didn't ask for two, we just wanted one. And Jesus said, I can't give you just one. I can't give you the one without the other. Why? Because if I just follow the first one, you can't check up on me. Hello. If I just follow the first one and I'm, I'm kind of a closet Christian or a, or a secret service Christian, which I believe there's, there's no CI in the Christianity, CIA in Christianity, amen? There's nothing about, nothing, nothing about being a secret service Christian in the Bible. It's got to be out there. And the only way it can be out there is if we're loving people like we love ourselves. You see, the second one is visible and measurable, the father comes to church and they testify, they sing and they raise their hand and they praise God. And then they invite you over to dinner and they're metering a rattlesnake to their wife and to their kids and you shake your head and go, something's wrong here. Right? A mother comes to church and they're nice and they're happy and they're amen and they're raising their hands and they're praising God. And then you visit them at work and they're talking down to their boss and they're being mean to their employees and you go, wait, wait, something's wrong here. Right? So in light of these scriptures, I don't want you to answer out loud, but I just want to ask you this. Just answer inside. How are you doing with God? How are you doing with the people God put in your life? How are you doing with your family? Listen, I understand the, the degree which God loved me, I have to love others. God loved me so greatly. And it's my responsibility to love and forgive and accept and include others in my life. Here it is. A Christian who refuses to love and accept and include and forgive others, has never clearly understood what this relationship is all about. Because when you understand that the degree that God loved you is so great that we can never repay him, then we begin to understand that we have lost our right not to love others. If Jesus had one practical message it would be this. Write this down somewhere in your notes. My horizontal determines my vertical. My horizontal determines my vertical. How I treat others determines my relationship with God. So let's talk about house rules. Because the scripture is very clear on this subject. God is calling us to a new standard. 
He's saying, do unto others as it has been done to us by God. So you ready? Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. The Apostle Paul says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life which is worthy. A life which is worthy of the calling that you have received by completely humble and gent- be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity, underline those three words, to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. You see, in verse 1, we see an invitation. And with an invitation comes certain expectations. We see it pretty much everywhere. You know, we've seen uh, fraternities in the, in the news lately, and there were some expectations that went a little too far, right? But it seems like people, if they want to be, be a part of something bad enough, they're willing to do whatever the expectations are, right? When you go into an interview and you're, and you're applying for a job, there's some expectations, and you know that, and you have to decide, is this job worth the expectations that are put, being put before me? So in verse 1, we see the invitation, and we see that also that it comes with expectations. And you might think, well, the expectations are going to be pray harder and, and worship more and read the Bible more and go to church more. No, no. We see in verse 2, it's people stuff. It's stuff about people. Look what it says. Be completely humble. Be gentle. Be patient. Bearing one another in love. Make every effort, do everything you can to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Some of you guys are sitting here saying, wait a minute, be gentle. That bothers me a little bit. That conflicts with my manhood. Well, understand what it really means is be self-controlled. Gear down when you want to power up. Aren't you glad that Jesus geared down when he probably felt like powering up, huh? Aren't you glad that when he saw the things that we had done and saw the things that that they had done in those days, that he didn't say, you know what, it's not worth it. 10,000 angels, come and save me from this. No, no, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And I dare you to find anybody more manly than Jesus. But he served. Be patient. I'm not naturally patient. I'm just not. I'll just tell you, when I'm in the drive-thru, I'm praying. <laughs> I'm praying that the burger will get done faster and the person in front of me will take, pick that line and not that line. Amen? I'll tell you what, I get, really, I get a lot closer to God when I'm driving. I'll just tell you, I'm praying, dear Lord, help me. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Huh? Anybody else like that, John? <laughs> Let me give you a, a, a definition. It's not in your notes, but just write this down. What do we mean by patience? Three words. Endurance without complaint. In other words, fellas, when you're going out to eat and you're ready first, I'll wait on that. And you're ready first, and you're sitting in the car and you're waiting, don't honk. (laughs) Can I tell you a secret? If you honk, it's probably going to take twice as long as what it was going to take, right? Honk at me. You better, I'm doing my hair again. I wasn't going to do my hair again. I'm going to do it again now. You honking at me, right? (laughs) Let me ask you something. How many times did God want to honk at you? Hello. And when we lose sight of what God has done for us, we will have relational troubles 
every time. So let's talk about some house rules this morning. What is it that we can do as believers, as fathers and mothers, as sons and daughters and grandchildren, grandparents? What is it that we can do as church members, as Cap City Church? What is it that we can do to create an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit shows up? What is it that we can do to create an atmosphere where we can experience a day like the day of Pentecost, where he comes and fills them? Why? They're all together in one accord saying, Lord, we're ready to do whatever you call us to do. We're going to do it together. We're in agreement. Lord, come and we will change the world. Amen? What do we need to do to do that? That's what I want to talk about this morning. What are the house rules? You ready? The first one is we've got to forgive. We've got to forgive each other. Someone once said, when the going gets tough, the tough stop talking. (laughs) We clam up, don't we? And we separate. And we fester. And we get bitter. And we get mad. And we play conversations in our head over and over and over again of how we'd like to handle this or what we wish we could say or what we wish we could have said. But look what it says in Ephesians chapter 4. Get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of all rage. Get rid of all anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate. What? To who? To one another. Doing what? Forgiving one another, just as in Christ God forgave you. Wow. Get rid of it. Just, just, Just get rid of it. You say, well, how do I do that? You just get rid of it. What do I do? I just say, Lord, I'm going to get rid of it. I'm going to forgive. But you don't understand what they did. You're right, I probably don't. I'm not okay with what they did. I'm not asking you to be okay with what they did. Well, I don't want them to do it again. I'm not asking you to want them to do that again. So what do you mean forgive then? Here's forgiveness in a nutshell. Write this down. Not holding it to their account, letting it go, letting it go. Forgiveness doesn't mean you have to like what they did. Forgiveness doesn't mean you approve what they did. Forgiveness doesn't even mean that you have to hang around them so they'll do it again. Forgiveness says, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let God have it, and I'm going to move on. Because the Bible says, I've got to get rid of that unforgiveness. Some of you are holding on to stuff so hard and so tight. And you've forgotten how much God has forgiven you of. And you're holding on to something that someone's done to you. If we're going to be in unity, if we're going to have a home of peace, if we're going to have a house and a church of peace, we've got to forgive. Some of you need to make a phone call today before you go to bed and you need to forgive someone. Some of you need to let some stuff go. Some of you can't make a phone call because the person that hurt you is already gone into eternity. You've got to let it go because it's not robbing. Here's what I say. Isn't it a shame? Someone has hurt you and they don't care. And because they don't care, you're not going to forgive them. Well, guess what? 
It's really not fair. They don't care, and they're sleeping like a baby, and you're not forgiving, so you're laying awake all night. How is that fair? You're the one that's doing it. It's like lighting yourself on fire and saying, ha ha, I got you, right? Hello. The second one is this. I've got to accept others just the way they are. <laughs> Can I just camp out here for a while? You see, our lives are shaped by the doses of acceptance and the doses of rejection that we receive as people. And here's what I know. We as human beings are attracted to environments of acceptance. This is why people will hide at work because they're being accepted at work, but they're not being accepted at home. This is why people will hide at the bar and not come home because they're being accepted at the bar. In fact, you know, there's a whole, God help us. Where, where's, where's Ed Davis? No, no, he's our, uh, uh, he and, and Nan lead our, our Celebrate Recovery. They'll tell you a lot of times there's more acceptance in the bar than there is in the church. I'm just going to say it. It's no wonder they want to go there instead of here. Because the first thing we do is size them up. Let's see, I don't know, I'm not sure you're worthy to come here, huh? Right? I'll never forget growing up, there was a camp meeting we go to, and there was this big old sign right out front, a sign of rules of what you had to line up to before you ever came onto campus. I don't know if a sinner ever came on campus. How are we going to get anybody saved? We can't even let them in the door. I'm not saying approve. There's a difference. But accept. Jesus accepted everyone in. Hey, Zacchaeus, I know everybody hates you, but I want to go to your house and have dinner. But you got to get saved first. You got to line up first. You got to make all those debts clear first before you do it. No, no, he didn't say that, did he? He said, no, no. Can we just hang out? Come on. I'm just telling you, we are attracted to environments of acceptance. So knowing that as a church, we should be an environment of acceptance. There need to be more amens on that one right there. We need to love people right where they're at. Romans 15, 5, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus so that with one heart and mouth you will glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this. Underline this next line. Accept one another, then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. Oh, I need to read that again. Accept one another, then, just as Christ accepted you. Come on, church. Aren't you glad that God accepted you just the way you are? Huh? Come on. Hey, all the changes happened after I gave my heart to him, but I had to come into his presence. I had to feel accepted. I had to feel loved. I had to know that there was, this was the non-judgmental zone. Come on, church. We got to know that if we're going to love people, we got to love people. Amen? And there even be some Christians that might not agree with you on what Hezekiah 3.14 says. You're right, there's no Hezekiah. Some of them, I'm just seeing who reads their Bible around here, huh? 
And we argue and we get on Facebook and said, no, 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 that's not what this pastor said. Or no, 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 that's not what this commentary said. No, no, no. Do you know, unless you have absolutely no unchurched friends on your friends list, God help us if they're seeing you guys argue about Jesus. Come on now. They need to see us getting along. They need to know what we agree on, not what we disagree on. Come on, church. We need to get busy just loving people and loving each other. And the world will watch and they'll know. Here's some people. They accept. I'm so glad you guys accept me for how weird I am, and I accept you for how weird you are. Amen? Thank you, Ed. I always get an amen on that one. So to accept is kind of like this. When you're catching a football, you're running, and you reach out, right? And you pull it in and protect it. So I just want you to picture yourself becoming a person who reaches out to others and pulls them in. But what if they're mean? Pull harder. What if they smell? Hug harder. Love them. Accept them. Chances are, if you've been around them for more than 10 minutes, they already know how you feel about politics. They already know how you feel about religion. They already know that you love Jesus. So quit preaching at them and start loving them. Somebody needs to write that down somewhere. Quit preaching at them and start loving them. How did Jesus do it? Acceptance before change. Did he say, now, now, this is wrong, and this is wrong, and that's wrong, and that's wrong, and that's wrong, and when you get that all cleaned up, you come back and see me and we'll talk. No, no, he didn't say that. He created an environment of acceptance where they just, they just poured in to hear him teach. They just wanted to be around him because they knew he loved them. So here's the key on this one. Don't be out to win the argument. Be out to win their heart. Do you see that? Number three, house rules. Serve. Serve. Basically, see a need and fill it. Freely do something for someone that's not in your best interest. Reach out and do something for someone that they're not expecting. Like, guys, go home and empty the dishwasher and see what happens. Ladies, that's your chance to say amen. It's a quiet group in here today. Put the dishes away. Put the dirty dishes in the dishwasher. And then tell me how great your relationship is. Huh? Right? Come on. Number four, encourage others. This is one of those areas where we have a, a wrong house rule. We, we see someone messing up and we think, man, we got to fix that. We see someone about to make a bad decision. We're like, uh, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? And we go talk to other people about them instead of talking to them about it. But we got to be in a, in, a, in, a, in a place of encouragement and help 
and hope. You don't have to say everything that goes through your head. You know that, right? (laughs) There are some things you can just keep to yourself. There are some things you think that you don't have to tell them that you think that. You can just encourage them. But what if I don't tell them? Who will tell them? It doesn't matter. God didn't say, you, thou shalt tell them that they must not wear that tie again. Just tell them they look nice because generally the coat looks good, right? Amen? Come on. And encourage. Be, a, be an environment of encouragement. 1 Thessalonians 5.10, He died for us so that, everyone say, so that, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with Him. Therefore, what's it say? Encourage one another and build each other up. <laughs> What would it be like if we just decided we were always going to be positive, no matter what? We were just always going to, we were just always going to encourage people. Everything. What if we decided that this next week, no matter what we said, no matter who we talked to, it was going to be a word of encouragement, a word of lifting people up, a word of helping them feel better? What kind of world would you live in? I'm going to tell you what, you would live in a great world because all of a sudden people would just want to be around you, right? All week. Crystal's been saying to me, Phil, you're it. (laughs) If you are here last week, you know what that means. That was on my list. Whoever I married had to think I was it. I'm not sure if she's being sarcastic or not. No, I think she's serious. I think she means it. She texted me just this morning, Phil, you're it. I said, you're it too. Encouraging one another, right? I brought a, I love Michael Jr. He's one of my favorite Christian comedians, and, and I've showed some stuff of him before, but uh, he, he found a creative way to be encouraging, a creative way to kind of help people through their struggles, because sometimes people come to us and they just want some advice, and they want some help, they want some encouragement. So I thought I'd bring it along and, and show it to you to kind of to help us, maybe give us an idea how we can help other people. Watch this. Yo, comedian Michael Jr. here. Here's the thing. You ever get a bunch of friends or people who will call you for advice because they think you got some knowledge or something that you may not really have? This seems to happen to me once in a while, too. So here's what I do, because I really don't know what I don't know. So all I do is uh, I'll, um, <laughs> I just listen to like Christian music. Hey, Michael, uh, you got a second we could talk? Yeah, what's up, man? Uh, well, there's a lot of rumors going around the office of some pretty big layoffs, and I'm pretty sure I'm about to lose my job. Um, and I, I don't even know what to tell my wife. She just told me last night she's pregnant. And man, I, I just don't know what to do. Just don't know what to do. Man, that's a, that is a tough one, man. But here's what you gotta do. You have to ask the spirit. I would say, spirit lead me to where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters to wherever you would call me. Does that make sense to you? Oh man, dude, that, that is good stuff right there. Oh. I mean, that's what I would do. You know? that, that's some good stuff. Yeah, I know, but I just, I'm so discouraged by the fact I can't do anything to make my wife happy. I just keep causing her so many problems. Here's what you have to understand. There's a war between guilt and grace, and they're fighting for a sacred space. But I am living proof that grace wins every time. Man, this this thing is overwhelming, parenting. I, man, I, I just feel like I'm not doing a good job. I know, man. You're, here's the thing, man. I know parenting is hard. And you're, you're not perfect in all your ways, but you're a good, good father. 
who you are. It's who you are. Dude, that's what I need to hear, man. But you have to ask yourself the question, how great is our God? <laughs> you once was lost, but now you're found. You was blind, but now you see. See? Yeah, so here's what you gotta know, man. God's not dead. He's surely alive. He's living on the inside, roaring like a lion. Hello? <laughs> oh, this is my bag. <laughs> oh, I love that. I just had to share that. For those of you that don't know, that last person was Michael Tate, lead singer of the Newsboys, God's Not Dead. And just be sure you watch who you're giving the advice to. Amen. We got to live our life for others. That's really what it's all about. Living our life for others. The last one is this. Submit. Now this is kind of a scary thought. Because the scripture says that we are to submit ourselves to others. You know, he uses that one another a lot. Love one another, serve one another. But here in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, watch what he says. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit. In other words, place yourself under. Place yourself in subjection to. Place yourself under the authority of one another. We belong to one another. It's, it's an attitude of you first. You first. One of, the, one of my favorite kind of arguments that I've ever uh, been a part of or, or witnessed is an argument like this. No, you go first. No, no, you go first. No, no, you first. No, no, you first. Or something like this. No, no, uh, no, you take the last piece of meat. <laughs> no, you take the last piece of meat. No, no, you take the last serving. No, no, you take the last serving. Reminds me, my father was with the quartet traveling uh, in college, and, and I know, uh, Pastor David, you did that, and I did that, and you know that when you're traveling, a lot of these guys traveled with the group, uh, and uh, you know when you're traveling, you get hungry, right? And uh, you're depending on people feeding you. You're, a lot of times you're going into their home, and they're feeding you, and and so uh, uh, they went into a home one night, and it was dinner time, and, and they were all very, very hungry, and they were looking around the table, and Dad started counting. You know, he's, he's a big guy, and he wanted to make sure, and, and uh, he's a you-first kind of guy, too. So he counted, and there was just enough juicy pieces of, of meat. I think it was, I was, I think it was a, a, maybe a big piece of chicken or whatever. It was just enough for one per person. And, and it was sitting right in front of him. So he counted how many people there were around the table, and he counted the pieces and said, all right. And so he, he didn't take any. He passed it around. It went all around the table, and it got to the guy, the, the quartet member, sitting right beside him. And he grabbed that plate, and he took a fork, and he jabbed into both of them and put them both on his plate and said, Spriggs, looks like you're not getting any. <laughs> and Dad said, that's what you think. And he stabbed it and put it on his own plate. <laughs> Yeah, there's sometimes you just gotta, you know, you just gotta eat, right? But the Bible says, here's what we need to do. Even if they don't deserve it, do it out of reverence for Christ. Submit to others. Submit. Husbands, submit to your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. Kids, submit to your parents. Parents, submit to your kids. So what does that mean? Have a you first attitude. 
Yes, there are times where someone has to be in charge. Someone has to lead. Someone has to make a decision. But you can do it in a spirit just like Jesus did where you're still submitting, right? You're still serving. You're still loving. You're still accepting. You're still caring. I just want to say this. If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, or if you're watching online and you're not a Christian, and you've been out of church for a while maybe, and perhaps it's because you've had a negative church experience, let me tell you why that happened. It's because forgiven people forgot. You were treated that way because forgiven people forgot that they were unconditionally accepted by Jesus. And they temporarily lost sight of God. And they hurt you. And I want to apologize for them. Please don't confuse the church with God. Know that we're human. Sometimes we make mistakes. But know that we love you. And God loves you. And I'm praying this morning that if that's you, if I'm talking to you today, that you will give God a second chance. I hope that your experience here at Cap City is different. <laughs> and let me just warn you, we're, we're still working on it. We're, we're in these jars of clay. We're human. We don't always get it right. But I want you to know that we love you. And God loves you. So I just want you to bow your heads for a moment. And if you're here this morning, if you're watching online, and you just feel a tug on your heart, maybe it's to come back to God or to come to God for the very first time. That's not by accident. You're not watching by accident. You're not here in this room by accident. God designed this time, this moment, on Pentecost Sunday for you to be here, for your heart to be stirred, for your heart to be moved, and for you to be drawn to him. So Father, right now, all across this room and all across who's watching online, I pray in this holy moment that we would just quiet ourselves before you. And we would be honest with you and say something like this, Lord, the best way I know how, I come to you and I ask you to forgive me. I've done things I'm not proud of. I've done things I know you're not pleased with. Would you forgive me and change me from the inside out? Lord, the pastor talked about Jesus dying on the cross and rising again on the third day. By faith, I believe in that. And I ask you, Jesus, to be my Savior. Change me from the inside out. Say that. Say, change me from the inside out and make me new. The best way I know how, I give my life to you. And I want to live my life for you by your power and strength. I want to make you Lord of my life. And I pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Come on, everybody, say amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to tell you something. I want to give you two words. It's real. I promise you. 
it's real. God loves you. And the Bible says if anybody gives their heart to the Lord, heaven has a party. So come on, church. Can we just give God a praise for what he's doing right now? Amen. Amen. Come on, for those that are watching online, let them know. We love you guys. So here's what I want to do. Amen. Here's what I want to do. I want you to stand. This is 50 days after Easter when Jesus rose again. And on the 50th day, on the day of Pentecost, the disciples, the church, gathered together just to pray and to worship and to invite the Holy Spirit into their presence. Now, I want to tell you something. It is dangerous to invite the Holy Spirit into our life because guess what you're doing? You're not just inviting Him into your life. You're inviting Him into your relationships. So I asked the band to come, and we're going to sing that song again, that second song. And I just want us to just build a moment right now where we worship God, where we lift up our hearts, where we lift up our hands, where we lift up our voices, where we invite the Holy Spirit to come, when we say, Lord, I am yours. I welcome you in this place. Come on, church. Can we just welcome the Holy Spirit into this place? Can we welcome him into our heart? Can we say, Lord, I want you to be mine from the inside out. I want you to help me and strengthen me from the inside out. And make that our prayer today as we worship. Come on, let's worship together. to you. To you our hearts are open. Nothing here is hidden. You are our one desire. You alone are holy. Only you are worthy. God, let your fire fall down. To you our hearts are open, nothing here is here. 
seated. Uh, Pastor David, uh, I'm going to ask you to come up in just a moment. Um, but before you do, hold on just a minute. We have a very uh, special uh, person with us today. His name is Chase, Chase Young. And uh, that's right. And uh, he is graduating this year. And uh, we're so excited about that. So I'm going to ask you to come up, Chase, and we have a special gift for you, signed by the pastors and a gift from us. And we just want to say we love you. I asked him if he wanted to give a speech. He said, no, he's fine, he's fine. Come on, give him a big hand. That's a big accomplishment. We love you. That's awesome. We're going to uh, ask the ushers to come at this time. But before uh, we receive the offering, today is Pentecost Sunday, and we have a special offering today. And Pastor David, I'm going to ask you to come and uh, maybe give a, a, a quick report on uh, this past weekend and uh, what this offering goes to. David is, uh, Pastor David is uh, the general evangelism director for the denomination and does a wonderful work. That's right, give him a big hand. We love you, David, and uh, appreciate you and, and share with us. Share with us about that a little bit. What a great time to be in the house of God today, amen. Well, let me just tell you uh, in the briefest way I know how. When uh, Chase, when he asked if you'd like to give a speech, you said no. Uh, when he asked me to give a speech, oh, yeah, you know. It's, <laughs> so I'll try to keep it very uh, simple. But our denomination is committed to a vision. And the vision is that we want to become a great commission movement. And what that means is that we want this church, and this church is becoming that, a Great Commission church, which means you're reaching around the world with things that you do. 
Last weekend, the general superintendent and I were in Boston, Massachusetts, and we were able to speak to people and help them to understand what it means in the power of one, to understand what it means to reach out. Uh, the week before that, uh, we, we or a couple weeks before that, we were in Arizona. We're taking a whole work team now in Arizona that's going out in August. Uh, Judy Kroom went off into Egypt, and people are all over this church are reaching out. And so we're praying that God will use this church and I just want you to give yourselves a hand and give God the glory. You are reaching out to the world. I don't have time to tell you everything right now, but we are becoming a great commission church. And our denomination is trying to become a great commission denomination. We're looking about planting churches in Arizona. We're looking about planting churches in other parts of the country, in Massachusetts, uh, among the Hispanics. And when you give an offering today for what we call church extension, nobody knows what that means, but if you just think about Great Commission offering, it'll help you. It's about building churches and reaching people with the gospel of Christ. And so that's what it's about. And thank you. God bless you, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor David. Amen. Yes, God bless you. And uh, you have a, a yellow envelope in your program, and that's what that's for. If you would like to give towards church planting and Great Commission movement, uh, you can place that in there, and we'll know that's your special offering for them. Otherwise, uh, the offering will go to the regular uh, tithes and offerings. If you did not come prepared to give, if you're a guest with us, we don't ask you to put anything in the offering plate. We're just glad you're here. We love you. Uh, this is how we that call Capital City Church our home, how we support the ministry here. Uh, but we would love to have your connection card. If you've not done so already, you can drop it off at the Welcome Center. We have a special gift for you. And uh, if you did not come prepared, but you would like to give, uh, you can give online. The information is on the screen there. And uh, let's just bow our heads and ask God to bless this offering all across the denomination. Churches are giving towards uh, church extension. Lord, we just love you. We thank you for the vision that we have to plant churches, to reach the lost. I pray, Lord, that uh, this seed that we plant will come to fruition for many, many souls, Lord, that we would see hearts changed and lives changed and cities changed for Jesus Christ. And Lord, we ask that you would use it for your glory. And Lord, for those that are giving to the ministry of Cap City Church, I pray a blessing upon them. I pray, God, that you would just anoint them, Lord, for their generosity. I pray that it would be used for your glory and the uplifting of your kingdom. We ask in Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. Amen. God bless you. As you're receiving the offering, uh, let me just uh, share a couple things. Tonight at 6 o'clock, uh, we're having a hymnspiration. There's going to be hymn singing, and there's going to be special music and solos and quartets. And, and uh, so you don't want to miss that tonight. And we're also going to have fellowship. So uh, bring your favorite uh, finger food. Uh, just make sure there's no fingers in it. And uh, so bring your food uh, to share. And we'll just have some special time together tonight at 6 o'clock. It doesn't get dark to almost nine o'clock, so you'll have plenty of time to get home uh, in the light. Uh, so we're just uh, we're interested, excited about that. Also, um, on July fourth, uh, it is on a Sunday, and it's going to be Puppet Takeover Day, and the puppets are going to have the whole morning the puppet ministry. It's going to be a time for them to kind of present to us uh, their their plan and uh, their their vision for the trip to to Arizona. And uh, they're going to be going out to Arizona to uh, uh, help the churches out there with the Great Commission movement. And so on July 4th, 
Uh, we're turning this room over to the puppet ministry. Pastor Scott, you do not want to miss it. You, you think you know puppets. If you've not seen the puppets here at Cap City Church, you've never seen puppets. It's it's an experience. I'll just tell you that right now. And uh, there's there's a black light involved and, and all kinds of stuff. So uh, just come and, and uh, if you wear a really bright shirt, it might show up in the dark. So just let you know that. So we have a, a, a camp meeting coming up in, in uh, June. Uh, Mount of Praise is coming up in June, not too far away. Uh, and uh, so be aware of that. Also, the puppets are performing on Saturday, June 26th and uh, down at the Pickaway County Fair. So I'd love it if a bunch of us would go down and support that. And uh, our own Daniel Spriggs uh, is also going to be on the main stage at, at Pickaway County Fair on Friday night, the 25th. So it'd be great if a lot of us would go down and support that as well. And uh, I'm just excited that we're reaching out and, 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 and helping other people. Uh, God is good. Amen? Amen. Would you stand and let's, uh, let's uh, ask God's blessing upon this day. Lord, we love you. Thank you for each one here today. I pray the Lord as that we go that you will go with us. Dismiss us from this service, but not from your presence, I ask. And we will give you glory for all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Shake hands, be friendly, love each other. God bless you. You're dismissed.